you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Still here in South Carolina, still cold. Uh, Kevin living in his coach. Hey, brother, what's going on? Hey, man, I'm drinking lots of hot tea these mornings. What is it with South Carolina? Yeah. Is it crazy here or what? Folks, I know some of you are like, Hey, I, we've got, I think, uh, probably 40 or 50 listeners up there in Alaska. Folks, we're not mocking you. We're not judging you. I we're admire just saying, you. It's, yeah, it's just, this is different. I mean, you can go outside and shoot a deer. I get that. That's cool. Love that. You can shoot a deer in your driveway. Cool. You can catch fish on a frozen river. I'm good with all that, but we're not used to that in South Carolina. In South Carolina, we find our virtues in 100-degree days, you know, floating down the river in a boat, you know, riding your bike, going for run people in fairbanks are saying it's a hundred up here in the summer brother come yeah. on up <laughs> yeah well i want you to know it's a hundred here in april praise god but anyway <laughs> as we you know we had a uh we've had a real cool year though uh but listen folks we continue on with the life of christ and looking at different things and understanding that christ is king and uh so i want to talk today about jesus's kingship and you say what in the world does this have to do with those of us out there suffering from junk and traumas and ptsd and this and that listen you better know who your king is and uh you know the bible says i am the alpha and the omega the beginning and the ending saith the lord which is and which was and which is to come i'm the almighty i'm the beginning i'm the end he's the king it's not us the god we serve is the king of everything so what do we do with all that how do we put all that together how do we wake up here when we're talking about jesus's kingship and and that makes sense to us and us move forward because the bible's clear it says but seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you and you know you look at that verse and it's it's talking about the lilies it's it's talking, wherefore God so clothed the grass of the field, which today, this is 630 of Matthew, in uh, tomorrow is cast into oven. Shall he not much more clothe you or ye of little faith? I mean, God makes the grass green. God gives us grass. He waters the grass. Isn't he going to take care of you peeps? That's, what, that's what's going on. That's what I'm seeing. And, and folks, I need to be told this every day. I need the word of God every day. Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewith we shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take no thought for itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I'm pulling out the Rental Lemp card real quick. Rental Lemp was a guy I met. He graduated from Bible College many years ago in South Carolina. Drove down. He was a World War II veteran. He was driving down to Miami to play at our church. He stopped in Winter Haven or Winter Garden. I don't remember which one. And was communing there with his in-laws. They were having a time. They decided to rent a gas station stalls. They weren't used on weekends to start church service. He had no money. He was working for 
minimum wage. I, I said to him one day, I said, I said, brother, how'd you do this? I stood in his church with 1,500 people one day getting ready to preach. And here I was with a 70-something-year-old man that said, brother Doug, I failed my man's terms here. I failed. I only grew about 50 people a year, 25 people a year. And, uh, uh, but I remember I said, how'd you do it? He said, Doug, I just kept on reading chapter 6 of the book of Matthew. I just kept reading, if God will take care of the grass, if God will take care of the flowers, God's going to take care of me and my family. And, uh, boy, we need the kingship of God, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. You know, when we think about kings, it's not as clear, I think, to Americans what kings mean. Now, thankfully, through modern media and then books before that, you could read about the kings, you know, but we tend to think of it as medieval, King Arthur's court, King... Um, Solomon was was certainly something in the Bible. Hey, when you got the Bible, you got the bet. You know, you get the the, the key parts of history in the scriptures uh, through the sufficiency of scriptures. Not all of history is in the Bible, but the key things that uh, you know for life and, and liberty and pursuit of happiness are there. But you know, kings um, down through the scriptures. When you read in the Old Testament, you know, before superpowers and that kind of thing and massive kingdoms and conquering kings and, you know, before your, um, oh, uh, the the moguls and people that would conquer, you know, half the known Earl, you know, Genghis Khan and, and, uh, you know, his nephew or whoever. These guys, um, before that, there were city-states oftentimes. And so you had the king of Shinar and the king of Babylon, the king of Erech and the king of Elassiar, Chedorlaomer, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of the nations. And these people would band together and so forth. But it was it was kind of the city-state model. But so, so generally, what we're talking about with a kingdom is uh, it's a ruler and who's who's at the top of the the ladder in his realm. He is the absolute ruler in his realm. People die if he says. People says so. People live if he says so. The buck stops here. That's the king. He can't pass it to anyone else. He's the king. And we don't understand it because we have the balance of power and the three the, you know, in, in, in a Republican form of government or what they call democracy. We have, um, you know, all this kind of, you know, three branches of government. But when we hear about King Jesus, we're talking about someone who's absolute, who's who's omnipotent, who's omniscient, who's um, uh, um, whatever, omnipresent. omnipresent yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got the big three there. And the buck stops here. So... The great thing is, just just think about it. Use your imagination. We get the peace that comes knowing that the that anything that comes our way is bypassing the throne of the sovereign one, the I am. It came by his throne before it came to us. When Satan throws something at us, it comes with the permission of the sovereign Lord, like you said, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and um, when they crucified the the Lord of Glory, it was the King of not just of the Jews; it was the King of Kings. The the, the you know King Herod was crucifying his King. It's not yeah. going to go bode, bode well in eternity for a guy like that. But yeah, we got a great King. Yeah, boy, we and you know the, we've got the best King of all. We see kings in this world, right? Uh, we, we see kings just exactly what 
Kevin was saying, some good, some not so good. And right now in the United States, we have King Biden. You know, some people call President Biden. <laughs> uh, another word for Biden is probably Herod. But anyway. Balance of power, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is what I'm thinking. I, I'm thinking exactly what Kevin's saying. You know, what's your identity, folks? I know we talk about identity. I know we talked about those 31,000 elders and personages. And folks, Google them, okay, and hit images. You know, there's people who... <laughs> Don't look anything at all like Elvis, all right? <laughs> Nothing. No characteristics whatsoever. Bald people, all right? Uh, I mean, stop it. You know, girls impersonating Elvis, you know? <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> I'm all shook up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Anyhow, I, hey. I, yeah, I know we can, oh, we, can, we, 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 we can get stuck right here. God forgive us. We, we, we could start singing in the ghetto <laughs> and the snowflakes fell. Yeah. But you know, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that, you know, everybody's searching for an identity. Mm-hmm. And, and I got to mm-hmm. tell you, you go to these self-help classes, brother, and I've been to real good people, the Zig Ziglar's, the, the Carnegie's. I've been to New York City. I, I went through them and learned to train and trained it to the Army people. I've lived it. I, I remember we had an identity board in one of the classes I went through out in California. Uh, there was an IBM class way back in the day, and one of the guys, not necessarily following the book of professional selling skills, made us do an identity sheet. What is our identity? And folks, you know, we should do an identity sheet today. What is our identity? And our identity is in Christ, folks. And everything else comes out. Now, I know there's more to it than that. I mean, that's the foundation. That's the basics. That's the preliminaries. But you need that. You need a foundation if you're going to build a house. You know, you try to build a house on sand, you know, those houses in Connecticut that were, you know, you go to London, for instance, and there's five, 600,000-year-old houses everywhere. And you know why they made it in the houses up in Connecticut that are 200 years old didn't make it? Foundations. Mm. You know, you, you got to be built on something that's real. you got to be built on the kingship of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You, your, your foundation can't be built on sand. You know, that house will just spread apart. I, I remember they jacked a house up when I was a kid. I was so amazed by it. I was about nine years old. And every day I'd run down the road to look at it. And they jacked this house up. All I had was a stone foundation. Stone stackled on each other. No cement, no nothing. It was built in uh, 1800. George Washington, or uh, 1780, 1770. George Washington stayed there. He really did. Mm-hmm. Signed books and stuff. It was one of the real places he stayed. But I remember them jacking that house painstakingly, bracing everything. And putting a foundation underneath. You still have time to put your foundation underneath, folks. You just got to jack it up and open the word of God. And, uh, and boy, I'll tell you, God will build a foundation in your life like you've never had. Build that house. Uh, you don't need someone else's identity. You got the identity of Christ. You got you and you's enough. We'll be right back. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Zemin problems toward what I do. We were just sitting here talking about Elvis impersonators. I'll tell you, if got if, one if, in my family, praise if, God, if, I love them. If nothing, if 
if there's anything on life that'll make you smile besides kindergartners giving you advice on that 1-800 phone number on the Helpful Wounded Spirits page, I got to tell you, man, uh, Elvis impersonators, they bring me to a good place, but God gives us permanent, uh, mm-hmm. permanent love and his kingship will bring us to a place we've never been before. We yeah. continue on with the life of Christ in John chapter 18, verses number 33 through 35. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and saith unto him, art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him saying, thou, this is the thing of thyself or did others tell it thee of me. Pilate answered and said, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and chief priest have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Hey, Pilate's still out here. He's still questioning things. He's mm-hmm. digging, saying, What did you do? You're a nice guy. You're not spitting in people's faces. You're not telling people off. They're beating on you. Mm-hmm. You're doing it, and, and you're, you're stable. I remember for those of us who have all done drive-alongs, I was going to be a chaplain here in Greenville County, and I'd done paperwork, filled out all kinds of stuff, was already assigned a rank, and uh, was getting ready to buy my uniforms and stuff. And and uh, I just don't have the time to be here all the time. If I was going to be in town, if, if I get to the point where I'm here three weeks out of a month or something like that, I'll do it. But I remember I was doing ride-alongs with these cops, and one of the things the cops tell me is you can tell everything you got to know about a person in one minute. Sure enough, we walked into first house and this guy's babbling and talking in circles and all kinds of things. And we went outside and the cop says, what do you think? I said, that guy's guilty as snot. He said, you're right about that. <laughs> he said, and he's sticking right to my nose too. And I, and I remember as we went through the day, there were three or four people and I did it with seven or eight officers. And, and, uh, as we went through that deputies and officers, I, and I remember thinking to myself, Oh God, I, 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 I gotta be, even in the worst of times, I gotta be gracious even in the worst of times, I just got to tell the truth. You can tell the difference. And uh, uh, so, you know, Jesus responds. He asks Pilate. Now, Pilate's confused here. Uh, you know, folks, there's a world that's confused about spiritual things. There's a world out there that's confused, and you just got to be patient and enduring and love them and, and, and talk to them and care for them and share with them, and it'll be all right. You know, he, he's saying, you know, the Jews perceived him as, as a political king, but Jesus continues to emphasize his spirituality. Uh, you know, thinking of uh, 1836 there, highlighting that his rules extend beyond any political power. Now, here's, here's a problem here. This might be the crux of this whole issue, friends, is, uh, you know, the Jews wanted him to be this all-powerful political leader. They wanted him to fill stadiums. They wanted him to fly a helicopter yep. from a stadium to stadium. They wanted the big smile. They wanted to hear the good things without any of the truth. They didn't want the meat of the word. They, they just wanted... The fat. They just wanted the carbohydrates, no protein. They didn't want it, man. They they just wanted the stuff. Well, isn't that a picture of, of what life is? And and uh, I think there's a lesson here that God gives us. There's a lesson that Christ gave us. And that lesson is, you know, I'm God, man. Uh, you know, and uh, I don't know, Kevin. I think that if we're going to make a difference, uh, in our own lives, we don't have to say the world because far too often I go that direction. But if we're gonna if we're gonna live a godly life, if we're gonna have a godly family, it's Jesus' kingship. It starts there and ends there. Yeah, yeah. What was the last verse we read here? The very last one. I want to make sure I don't thirty five. Get ahead. 
Okay, so 35. So I'm looking I at verse 36. 30. Yeah, okay. I'm looking at verse 36. I'm like, oh, I want to say something good about that. I do too. But yeah, because yeah, it has to do with the whole thing. But, you know, just by way of alluding to it, um, the, whole, the whole idea that Jesus Christ is standing before someone whose kingdom was an earthly kingdom, and that's why he, he had his earthly kingdom sealed up. It was, you know, he just... He had his nest egg. He he was like politicians, and in, in, unfortunately, in our country now, he was a career politician. He was a dynasty kind of guy, Herod, Pilate. These these people, they they just felt like they had it all covered. So why would they want someone who claimed a higher authority who might possibly disrupt it? And um, that kind of uh, lack of surrender, which we dealt with surrender last week, I do believe, that kind of lack of a willingness to surrender to a higher authority will, w- would ultimately prove their eternal undoing because Pilate, who was going to try to wash his hands of Jesus Christ later, died an agonizing uh, uh, type of death, losing his mind and trying to wash his hands over and over and over and over. And um, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's a grievous it's a grievous thing when people don't accept the kingship of Jesus Christ, the lordship of Jesus Christ. And I've, tr- I've heard people try to confuse the matter and say, well, you accept Jesus Christ as Savior first and then as Lord. No, we accept him as Lord and Savior. And I like how you put it, Doug, so uh, frequently. Uh, it's, it's just, a, a, we, you know, we don't surrender to him all at once typically. You know, I got saved in 1979. I didn't know what to surrender. I went to college. I didn't know to surrender my intellect yet in the beginning. And so I got flipped out by some of the professors. I didn't know to to, to uh, surrender uh, some of my language problems, uh, you know, cussing and so forth immediately. But I knew he was the Lord. I knew he was king. I didn't know much, but I knew this. My eyes were opened, and I could see myself a sinner, and my Savior is the king. Amen. And uh, But I didn't know the king. It was by getting to know the king, I got closer to the throne room, and I found out what an impeccable, wonderful person he is. And he revealed his holiness as he revealed his gentleness. And um, it, 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 it won my respect, as only King Jesus could do. And, folks, if you've been through this kind of garbage uh, don't be like Pilate, who's you know just trying to kind of figure a way he can keep his um, you know safe face at the same as at the same time as uh, 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 do his job right at the same time as um, keep his kingdom and keep his you know his his nest egg. Now just say, Lord, if you're king, how do, what does that mean today? What does that mean of my problem? I'm going through this problem. The boss is giving me a hard time. My husband's giving me a hard time. My wife's giving me a hard time. I'm having this person doesn't understand me. No, just say, Lord, you as king would want me to deal with it this way. And, you know, just yesterday I called someone on the phone, Doug, and that person I called on the phone, I was, I was just burdened that maybe there was a misunderstanding. And I was talking to a friend. I said, Yeah, I'm a little bit bothered by by something. I think they may have a misunderstanding about me. And the friend that I talked to said, just give them a call. Just give the person a call. So I gave that person a call. And it's actually Doug, you're the one that said, just give that person a call. And so I gave him a call. And guess what? It was a wonderful call. It was one of the best calls of my life. It just led to such wonders. Honestly, things, 
You know, when you talk to someone that you are harboring a little bit of problem with, but yet you say, wait a minute, Jesus is king. He has to say in this thing. And you're like, okay, I think I'll humble myself and approach that person. Like the Bible says, humble thyself and go make sure thy friend. I made sure my friend, and guess what? The friendship came out better than ever. And he's like slinging extra stuff my way, extra benefits to our friendship. As far as he's saying, hey, I talked to someone else about you. Give them a call. They want to meet you as a, as a, as a missionary. Just some great stuff. Yeah. I, I, you know, folks, the God of this world, the devil, we know what's going on, right? He wants to stop interpersonal communication. He wants to stop anything that Jesus wants us to have in our lives, the openness, believing in Christ as king, talking to people, picking up the phone. I, I've got to tell you, man, uh, you know, this world doesn't want that to happen in our lives. They want to end interpersonal relationships. If you don't believe me, do a study on 2020, 2021. They were deciding whether or not they were legislating whether or not we could have a hot dog on July 4th. I mean, we, we live, it's crazy, but yep. it's true. Uh, can you go? I remember I turned on the news one day and I was watching the ABC News and the, the president was making a decision in 2021 whether or not we should have Easter dinner together. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? Folks, trust God. He's the king. Yeah. And pick up the phone and realize he's the king and work with others. And look, look at that, man. We love you guys. Can't wait to next week. You come back and be with us. And we're honored by you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.